0: .org KPFT Houston
1: show i'm leo good afternoon welcome to the new capital show i'm leo gold great to be with you on a uh wow another rainy day in houston and and um of course before last summer we all would be uh bitching pretty hard but (laughs) after last summer everyone's like hey fine uh Doyle, why don't you get a weather report for people ready? I think this is one of the rare days when people would really like to hear. I've uh, got it if you want it. Yeah, I want it. Let everybody know. I mean, what's, what are they they facing today for traffic and what are they facing for rain? Is it going to keep going? Is it going to stop? What's it going to, you know, what's it going to do overnight? This is usually, I don't care. You know, it's usually super hot and who cares? That's what it is. But, uh, I think our listeners could benefit today from little bit of information here
2: all right let's do let's do that at 3:15 uh, tune in for that if you want some uh, information about the weather and the traffic
1: okay I think what I want to talk about today I was going to be talking about wind uh, wind power um, I'll just I'll give you a little bit of a, a background on it uh, basically there are subsidies to wind power that are expiring here in the United States and and have already expired in Europe. <laughs> and um one of the things that has caused wind power to grow so enormously in the last in the last years has been uh the fact that there have been tax credits in in these countries including in the United States and those tax credits are set to expire as we've gone through these global recessions and uh the stock of wind power companies, and and here in Houston, there is a company called Vestas, which is a Danish company. It's the leading wind power company, certainly in Europe, I think also in the United States. Its stock has fallen like 80% this year because these subsidies are set to expire. Now, if you listen to New Capital Show, you know that I'm not a big fan of subsidies. But you can't have no subsidies into alternative energy while you have a failure to fully cost fossil fuels, right? So since we don't have carbon credits, and since we don't account for the full cost of oil in this country coming from the Middle East because we have what is essentially a backdoor subsidy in the form of our military protecting supplies, if you're going to do that, if you're not going to account for full costs into fossil fuels and you're and you're going to have backdoor subsidies then you have to provide a subsidy to alternative energy to get back to a level playing field remember i've talked before about the idea of a parade and if somebody is on their standing on their toes in the front row of the parade to get a or rather let's say the second row of the parade to get a better view over the people in the first row then that's going to cause the people in the third row to have to stand on their toes and the people in the fourth and so on and so forth. And by the end of this thing, everybody is standing on their toes. Nobody's got a better view of the parade, right? Everyone's got the same view they had when everyone was standing flat-footed. And everyone's got sore toes. And that's kind of what you get when you get subsidies into into economic systems. Uh, And certainly when you get unfair subsidies, what subsidies should do and what taxes should do and what what fees should do is try to take account of full costs. At any rate, here's the news <clears throat> from the other day on Vestas. Vestas Wind Systems rebounded in Copenhagen trading after a report that China Ming Yang Wind Power Group is seeking to acquire the world's largest wind turbine maker. Ming Yang may compare. Complete the deal by October for as much as $2.5 billion. Vestas, along with General Electric and Siemens, is struggling with declining turbine prices and excess capacity as nations from the U.S. to Germany reign in support for renewable energy. Chinese competitors have considered a bid for Vestas. Anyway, think about that. Think about how amazing it is that the, that the that a Chinese company <coughs> is seeking to purchase the world's largest maker of wind turbines <coughs> at a time when Europe and the United States are struggling to bring back manufacturing and in fact we've done a pretty good job over the last few years of putting in place some manufacturing capacity in the Midwest to build wind turbines. And just like that, government policy is going to stop support in the form of some tax credits to this relatively new industry. The stock of wind power companies is down 80%. And by the way, you listeners you listener members of KPFT, you need to understand that alternative energy is a wonderful place to make investments, but you still have to have a diversified portfolio. You still have to have a diversified portfolio. Think about it. If you went off over the last few years and you put all your money into wind power and solar power because you thought, okay, this is a bet on the future, and I want to put my principles first, your portfolio has lost 80% of its value. So please be careful. You have to understand you've got to keep diversification in mind while you support new industries like this. Because you see, you see that with just a bit of change in subsidy policy, the stock of these companies can be immensely impacted both ways, up and down. But the big picture I'm trying to paint for you here is that we have to have stable government policies. We have to have stable policies while these renewable businesses are in their early years. And when you yank out support just like that, you know, bammo, the thing's going to be gone in December. Subsidies are going to be gone. They're not going to be phased out. They're just going to disappear. When you don't phase things out, it wreaks enormous havoc on systems. And China is playing a different game. China is playing to win. So Chinese companies say, "Huh? Let's see. We're going to pick up the world's largest manufacturer of wind turbines at an 80% discount <coughs> to what it was a year ago." Wow. Very, very smart. But again, the Chinese are there to play. And that's why that's why I think it makes sense that the president of the United States, Barack Obama, would say, "Look, we we need to have some policies in place." that are going to encourage our manufacturing to continue to innovate and to make wind turbines and solar panels and so on and so forth. Yeah, Doyle.
2: Well, what do you think about the idea of having like a a government institution where people join sort of like they would with the army, but instead they're working building wind turbines? So they're getting paid the wages of someone in the army, but they're also maybe getting some college opportunities as well.
1: I love it, I mean that's the president's had that idea too. <coughs> you know he has said we we want to rebuild here in America, and uh I've seen several video clips of a wind turbine maker in somewhere in the Midwest. I think it's in ohio beautiful factory. The workers there look very happy. they're making beautiful, beautiful, large pieces of metal and equipment i mean huge these huge things and uh the, the owners of this thing were interviewed and said, Yeah, they're they're gonna they're gonna tank the industry. We're already feeling it. Our backlog is totally totally gone. Uh nothing in the pipeline. Because you know, <laughs> people aren't sure where this is where this is gonna go. So it's a it's a serious, serious issue. Okay, let's take a break. Uh, Let's let Doyle give you the weather and the traffic. Because, you know, I just, with all this rain, I think it'd be a good idea for everybody to be in the know. And then we're going to talk about a topic that's going to be my main topic for today. It's not going to be an economic topic. Well, I'll discuss that in a second. All right, take it away, Doyle.
2: Hey, Leo. Okay, there are a couple things to mention on the uh, roads out there, but not a lot of traffic, actually. So that's pretty good. But if you're headed inbound on 59 South. Expect some delays inside of the downtown area. It looks like it's at about 20 miles an hour just outside of downtown. Also, there's some high water at 45 North northbound at Airline Drive. Not any traffic to report there, but expect some uh, traffic to build up as rush hour continues. There's also some high water at I-10 east westbound at Lockwood Drive. And that is definitely something that you might want to look out for as rush hour comes into a Now, with weather, we're looking at uh, really like a 50% chance of thunderstorms all the way up until Monday. It drops down to 40% chance, and really that's as far out as I can tell you. Until Monday, expect uh, precipitation, and uh, actually it's going to get a little hotter every single day all the way up to Monday. Leo, it's going to be 91 degrees.
1: Monday? I mean, this
2: is just wild. (laughs) And it's like it keeps raining, but it keeps getting hotter.
1: Yeah, but it's, the, but it's not like this super heavy rain. So, I mean, we can kind of do it. It's not like a foot
2: in an hour. My mother's house almost flooded this morning. Oh, it did? Oh, yeah. Wow. They had to dig a dinch, ditch uh, on the side but of But it the looks house. like
1: we're out of the drought, too.
2: <laughs> that would be nice, yeah.
1: Doesn't it? I mean, I, I've got to think we're out of this drought.
2: Yeah.
1: Anyway, uh, I've decided today I don't really feel like talking about money and economics. I just, you know, I've been doing it for a decade, and today... I want to talk about, well, <laughs> I don't know how you put this. Uh, I, I want to talk about circumcision. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there have been a number of of pieces that have come out. One in the New York Times on 88.7 today, there was a very long show on circumcision. Uh, it's a topic of interest to me. Just given my background, I'll discuss that in a minute. But all this has come about because of a ruling in Germany <clears throat> very recently. And this is what was decided. A German court in Cologne ruled on Tuesday. And so this was uh, this has been about two weeks ago, around June 26th or so. Ruled on Tuesday that circumcising young boys represents grievous bodily harm a decision that could have significant repercussions for religious groups. The president of the Central Council of Jews in Germany condemned the decision as an unprecedented and dramatic intrusion on the self-determination of religious communities and called on the German parliament to pass legislation protecting circumcision as a religious practice. The case centered on a four-year-old boy, whose Muslim parents had him circumcised by a doctor, which led to medical complications. Although both Muslims and Jews circumcise infant boys as a religious practice, and many other people do so for health reasons, the court found that the child's, quote, fundamental right to bodily integrity was more important than the parents' rights. According to the court, the religious freedom would not be unduly impaired because the child could later decide whether to have the circumcision. And I am seeing more and more discussion about whether circumcision is okay or not okay. Most American males, I think, still are circumcised, most European men are not. I'm Jewish. And so I was circumcised because I if you are Jewish, you are circumcised. It is that held that deeply in the Jewish faith, in the Jewish tradition. And I can tell you that when my son was born five years ago and some months, I really went through uh, a very, very difficult decision, very difficult process because I had concerns. Am I really entitled to do this to him when he's eight days old? That's the Jewish tradition. Am I really entitled to do this? I am not sure at all whether I can do this. Most Jews, it's just, you don't even question it, but but for various reasons, I, I was concerned. And so my wife and I went and visited with our rabbi, a wonderful man, fantastic. Uh, he has since retired <coughs> here at a local synagogue. Uh, I can say his name. I don't think there's a problem with that. Roy Walter at uh, Temple Emmanuel over on uh, Sunset Boulevard, <coughs> Roy is a great guy. And we went into his office, very nice office, and and, uh, and we said, listen, we're, we're not sure about this. I was having concerns. Hannah was having concerns. And uh, so I said to Rabbi Walter, I'm sure, Rabbi Walter, that you get this all the time. I'm sure that we are far from the first people to be coming in to talk to you uh, about this with. I'm sure that you're seeing people on a regular basis who have these concerns. And he, without missing a beat, Roy Walter said, actually, you're the first people in 25 years. You're the first couple in 25 years that has been in to see me. And he had been in that job for 30 years absolutely amazed me that that we my wife and I were the first people in a very large congregation and a reformed Jewish congregation a more less orthodox rather in a in a, in a more um, liberal organization we were the first in 25 years of this eminent rabbi's practice to come in and and ask because because the tradition is that important in the Jewish faith. So that tells you how, how, um, yeah, how important it is to Jews. And yet I have seen increasingly more and more opinions being voiced, more and more organizations that are being formed. And now we get a ruling out of Germany that says we think that the rights of the child to not be circumcised trumps that of the parents. There are also any number of, um, I don't want to say any number, I want to say occasional medical complications as, as was described in this article on the ruling in Cologne. Uh, occasionally there are deaths of, of infants that result from this, and there are occasionally also are um, are other complications that uh, are permanent in nature, to call into question circumcision. So, what are your thoughts? Seven one three five two six five seven three eight five two six KPFT. I know this is not an economics topic today, but it is a controversial topic, and it's one that's been getting a lot of press since this ruling in Cologne came out, and uh, people seem to be very interested in it, and and it's discussed in uh, lots of different contexts. There are some who believe that there are health benefits. There are some who believe that it is uh, something that aids in the fight against uh, communicable diseases, sexually transmitted diseases, uh, HIV and AIDS. I am not an expert by any means on any of this. Uh, but, but there are those who hold that, that viewpoint. Um, Roy Walter, when I went to see him, again, my rabbi, uh, we had a discussion about that. Are there health benefits? And, and Roy Walter said, basically, he said, listen, this is a religious ritual. Okay? You do it if you're Jewish. That is the purpose. Don't be thinking in terms of health or not health because there have been opinions that have come from the American Pediatric Society that in recent years have basically overruled and overturned per- prior opinions that there is a health benefit, that there's a health benefit. And, the, and I think that the current ruling by the American Pediatric Association is that there really is no um, arguable, reasonable medical purpose to circumcise young men, and yet it is done Every day, all over the place. Seven one three five two six five seven three eight. The phones are ringing. This subject just really, it really just, it gets people going. And frankly, here at KPFT, I think people have had the the opinion for a long time that, hey, maybe maybe this is not the way to go. So let's get straight to it. Let's take Mike on line one. Mike, welcome to the New Capital Show.
3: Hi, Leo. We're talking
1: about penis capital today.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, right. Uh, listen, here uh, I... I fail to understand uh, how somebody can botch a simple thing like a circumcision, but that's beside the point. Yeah. Here, here's my opinion on this. Um, you have with uh, circumcision, in my opinion, is a medical is is it's like a vaccine. Mm-hmm. Uh. I mean, I don't know, they don't seem to have any laws here in the United States uh, ruling that uh, vaccination of your infants and uh, babies is uh, somehow violating uh, uh, the child's rights. Now, what is the, what is the preemptive or the preventative uh, uh, attributes or advantages of uh, uh, circumcision One being, uh, uh, well, obviously uh, phimosis, which is inability to retract the foreskin, Um, uh, and oftentimes this can be, uh, oftentimes it's benign, most often it is, but uh, and other times uh, it can be quite serious with uh, uh, scarring and can cause urinary obstruction and possibly even necrosis around the coronal area of the penis. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another thing is, of course, uh, the normal flora in in this moist environment, of course, when you have a foreskin over the corona, you have a moist environment, and the normal flora around there is usually, I believe, mycobacterium. Megmatis which mycobacteria you may uh know or not know is uh in the same uh family of uh uh of uh, uh bacteria called that cause tuberculosis
1: and and mike i want to say that uh my wife and i talked with uh, her o b g y n and um he related to us that he was not circumcised as a child and experienced many infections which i guess uh, derived from the, the bacteria that you're talking about.
3: Here's, here's the and, analogy. And, and, that here. he, and
1: that he later had himself circumcised uh, as an adult.
3: Here's the analogy uh-huh. uh, that is easy to use. Okay, so you, uh, you, maybe you have a vegetable garden in, uh, in your house, or in your backyard or something. Chances are, if you're going to have a vegetable garden or a garden, a, a, a tropical garden, you're going to grow it in the greenhouse. A greenhouse makes things, uh, it, it provides a moist, uh, consistent environment. And most biological critters, be they big or small, like to grow and thrive in a moist environment. And you have this tent overneath the top of your penis that uh, creates a very moist, wet, warm environment and that's just great uh uh a uh, 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 topsoil so to speak uh to allow various microbes most benign but some can be pathological and i bet you what he probably had as far as infections goes was probably yeast infections
1: okay mike uh, so let's wrap it up here and and uh, so it sounds like
3: I'm for you're in I'm, favor
1: of it and and uh, you think that it it helps prevent bacterial it, infection it, It's
3: call in my in my opinion it's preventative medicine.
1: okay, thanks for the call. you bet great to have you And yet uh, and yet there there are disagreements that it's that it's necessary and that 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 issue can't be dealt with. There also is the issue I see reported that many men report that that the foreskin, is additive to sexual pleasure, and this is one of the arguments against circumcision: is that you, you're you're potentially depriving this this child uh, of of a certain degree. I don't know how to quantify it <laughs> of sexual pleasure as an adult. Is that true? Is that not? Uh, are there any men who want to call in and speak to that? I can't. I was circumcised. I'm Jewish, and so you know that's uh, that's what happens to all. Uh, Young Jewish males hey Leo, yeah, Dora,
2: does it seem like an attack on certain religious people like uh maybe they're just trying to uh, really ethnically clean well, cleanse well, their nation well, well that that's
1: the that's the other issue is are there constitutional rights being violated? Is there a right to expression of religion that is at work here, and this has been the constitutional question here in the United States when this subject is discussed which is there's a, there's a right to the practice of religion under the American Constitution. Does circumcision fall under that? Those who practice it would say absolutely. Uh, but is there a right not to harm uh, permanently uh, through, through, through bu- what others would say is a mutilation of the body of an 8-year-old child? So th- these are difficult questions. Uh, and, and you make a good point because there are some who are saying that this ruling in Germany was anti-Semitic. It's intended exactly, as you say, to uh, to target Jews and to target Muslims. I don't think that's the case. I think it's unfortunate that the ruling was in Germany, where, of course, the Holocaust took place, and there's such a history of anti-Semitism. But it seems to me there's an honest effort here to take into account the rights of the child uh, and that that's what's really driving the current uh, effort to eradicate circumcision as opposed to past efforts where the eradication of circumcision was intended to to impact negatively the jewish religion or the muslim religion as it may be seven one three five two six five seven three eight five two six kpft daryl is holding on line two daryl welcome to the new capital show
4: hey um i just called just to kind of throw in my personal experience uh, in the matter uh, i have a five-year-old son and uh wife and i were we're devout christians we're uh, uh jehovah's witnesses to be exact and mm-hmm. So we were thinking about whether to have him circumcised. We were not under any uh, theological uh, requirement to do so, but uh, we ended up deciding to go ahead and do it. Uh, we would heard there might be some uh, health benefits having it done. Uh, uh, the previous call caller covered most of what we had heard, and
1: so that you know, was we, that was definitive for you. Were the were the were the health benefits that you understood existed? Or um, exist.
4: Yeah. <clears throat> Our feeling those, and because we knew there was controversy around health benefits, yeah. and though we do have a friend whose son actually had to have uh, 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 circumcision for uh, health reasons, so you know we figured there might be health benefits. Uh, we didn't see any downside, so we went ahead and uh, went through it, and uh, it was an interesting experience because we actually went to a moil. I guess that's what you call the uh, uh, those who put actually perform the uh, procedure of uh, yeah that's exa-
1: that's exactly right that's the uh, that's the uh, the i think it's a yiddish name for mm-hmm. the uh, for the person who performs the circumcision is yeah, called so a moil
4: yeah. and uh, it was interesting <laughs> to see uh, cuz we had, had one woman who was very much against it and she one of the things she complained about when she had her son circumcised at the hospital is that they strapped the child down
5: mm-hmm. It
4: was a very uncomfortable position for an infant. well at the At the uh, place we went to, there was a nurse holding him. It was always kept very comfortable and the procedure to see it done was mm-hmm. a very simple procedure. I mean, the Bible says that uh, I think Moses' wife circumcised her son with a sharp stone. Uh, after seeing it done, I can see how in a pinch, it could be done with a sharp stone. It's not a very intricate procedure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just thought it was a very interesting experience just to uh actually see firsthand it being done and seeing it done in a traditional way yeah. uh, really. You know alleviated any concerns that I had, had. so I just wanted to throw that out there. That's, and the, uh, so, I, I found interesting. I thought you and your listeners might find that interesting
1: too. Daryl, thanks so much. I appreciate uh, your call and your and your story. Um, I was very during our uh, son's circumcision. The many Jews have uh, a lot of the community to the to the ceremony, which is called a bris. B R I S. Uh, my wife and I chose to have a very private ceremony in our home with just uh, our parents and, and uh, immediate family, brothers, and so forth. We felt that was really the, the, the way that we wanted to do. It was very emotional for me. I really was still having concerns whether I was doing the right thing. Uh, my son did not appear to have any pain. The, uh, the, the anesthetic did its job. But it was it was not an, an easy moment for me. Uh, I felt like I was doing, you know, and I had just bonded with this child. He's eight days old. I, he was helpless and he had no choice in the matter. And I, and I really had very strong feelings about it. Turned out fine. There was no pain. He recovered very quickly and he doesn't know the difference now. One of the issues for my wife was that she was concerned that my son looked like me, you know, didn't didn't want didn't she didn't want. His penis to look different than mine, and felt that that would have uh, an effect on him. And frankly, that was the best reason that I could think of, or that I had heard presented to me, in favor of circumcision. Really, it was better than this is something that God said to do, or 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 health reasons, or anything else. It was the best reason that that my son would look like me. So that's that's another reason. Of course, that's just an argument to perpetuate it. Seven one three. Five two six five seven three eight five two six KPFT. I'm Leo Gold. This is the New Capital Show. And we're not talking, as you can probably tell, about economics today. We're just that's it. I decided I want to take a break and talk about um uh, other matters. Let's take our first uh female caller here of the day, anonymous female. Welcome to the New Capital Show.
6: Hi, Leo. Um I uh had two male friends one from spain and one from houston who both had to get circumcised as adults because they were having problems
0: uh-huh, and yeah. it
6: also inhibited them uh in their masculinity you know their self-image as well as performance and
1: um
6: and so um it created some problems for them with intimacy yeah so i thought that was really interesting So so and let me
1: so let me ask this question uh there's an argument i've i've seen in the new york times uh pieces recently Uh, one of them discusses that the decision should be left to an adult male till he's 16 to to make that decision so does that would that make sense rather than it being done mandatorily uh by rote to eight day old infants or or infants when they're born does it make more sense to let somebody reach adulthood and see, are they having those kind of problems where where then there might be an argument to, t- to take action?
6: Um, I don't know, because these guys were in their 20s and they were having the problems, but yeah. that's when they're coming into their, you know, sexuality. Is, right. You know, and so it's kind of, uh, I guess, like what a circumcision, I mean, not circumcision, but, you know, um, I forget the other procedure, but anyway, uh, I think that if it's a catch twenty two you 're going to have positive and negatives on both sides. I think the whole issue with the baby is that it heals quicker mm-hmm. um you know you don't have all the psycho other psychological stuff attached to it mm-hmm. and i think in germany they tend to be very holistic naturalistic kind of people mm-hmm. and they may just be taking this from that angle because of what we've been bombarded with in the medical world
1: well my understanding is most european men are not circumcised now they're
3: not and and, and, and so, so do they, do, are,
1: they are they are reporting due, yeah oh, go ahead. well i was going to say are they reporting large amounts of bacterial infections there and, and problems along the lines that your friends had
6: Are they? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, I don't don't know. I I, I haven't heard it. I wouldn't know, but I just thought it was interesting because I didn't know about the one from Spain until years later. Yeah. Actually, he was from from Prague, (laughs) and then he lived in Spain later. And he told me later on, he was my boyfriend when I was like 21, and then he told me later on, many years later, that that's one of the issues that he was having. But he kept it to himself because he was embarrassed by it. Yeah. So um you know it's a catch 22 and my son is circumcised because and I'm Jewish and and actually my grandfather is one of the four founders at Emmanuel, and Rabbi Walters was great yeah. but um I and his father's Christian and I took the same stance as you did uh, wanting similarity however if you wanted it to be different you could just say well when i was a baby this is what they did to me and i just didn't want to do that to you so you know we bring our own gar- our own baggage into this this conversation too
1: does it surprise you that that uh that my wife and i were the only ones that had oh, been to yeah. see Roy Walter really in, in 25 years? And I also
6: had a girlfriend who was really into doing it the traditional way, and she was really traumatized by what she experienced. Huh. I don't think they anesthetized the child Oh gosh. in the same way. Yes, she was quite livid. Oh, and yeah. I'm going to call her and find out what she did on the second go-round. Yeah, because
1: I said to the Moyle my son, I don't want him to feel anything. Of course, of course.
6: Of course not, and she was told it would be fine. Uh-huh. She didn't realize how, how awful it would be so i don't know if they did it through with wine or what but um yeah. she was probably trying to take a more old traditional holistic approach and you know people out. just get real caught up in all this
1: ritual stuff well thank you and, Anon thank you anonymous thanks for the call great to have you
6: thank you Bye-bye. okay
1: seven one three five two six five seven three eight new capital show we're talking about male circumcision and and uh you know is is it is it is it okay to do it? Do you think it's it's okay? Does it violate the rights of the child? If it's not okay to do it and it's ruled out by courts, does it violate the right of religion in this country? Does it impact? Does it impact sexuality? Uh, does it help prevent? Uh, does it help prevent infections? Lots and lots of questions about this that are coming up in the wake of this decision in Cologne, Germany, uh, that um, that found. That the rights of the child come first, and the child has a right to f- to fundamental right to bodily integrity, and this has resulted in uh, Jewish leaders in Cologne, Germany, a couple of weeks ago, reacting furiously. The central council's president, Dieter Graumann, called it outrageous and insensitive, uh, saying that circumcision had been practiced worldwide for thousands of years. In every country in the world, this religious right is respected. Germany has no law. Against male circumcision, as there is against female genital cutting. Experts said that the decision would not be enforceable in other jurisdictions, but the legal uncertainty and threat of possible prosecution could lead doctors to decline to perform the procedure. Uh, back to the phones. Let's take Abdul. Abdul, welcome to the New Capital Show.
7: Howdy. Um, well, um, by name, you can probably guess I'm Muslim, and of course, uh, I'm personally circumcised, uh, circumcised but uh, I would yep. agree with. Uh, uh the comments that uh uh the uh, Jewish group had made that yes it is something that has been historically practiced for uh uh many 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 uh, years uh, generations in fact uh and so uh if there was some significant problem with it then of course um that likely would have shown up
1: by now and But but from- but there but Abdul there are complications I mean every year some number of infants die from this and and in the Jewish faith one of the really um <laughs> really difficult things that happens is is that 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 there is in the orthodox jewish community i don't know the the name of this particular uh sub variation of the procedure but the moil performing the procedure actually uses i'm sorry this is going to gross everybody out but i'm gonna i have to tell you oral suction to stop the bleeding so the moil an adult male Uses, I'm sorry, I'm. Te- this is the truth. Uses, and there have been cases of transmission of of herpes from the person performing this to the infant, and and so all you need, Abdul, to me are a couple of cases like this where you say, wait a minute, what if you're the child? What if you're the eight uh, eight day old child? So so I'm just. I want you to go on in just a second, but I'm not sure there are no problems, you know, because
7: there are some problems. Every medical procedure carries with it some risk. Yeah. Uh, And, of course, in the totality of it, I would say, is where we have to. You know, we have, unfortunately, and this I guess is my point is, uh, or one of the points, uh, is that, you know, we have these studies that have lately come out saying here that uh, risk of certain things are, you know, reduced with circumcision, Uh, and obviously, on the other hand, you have to balance it against uh, how many... uh, uh, you know, uh, issues that you have, complications that arise as a result because, uh, you know, you have to weigh the two against each other. But from a pure faith perspective, uh, I don't think in either the Jewish community, uh, or, uh, Muslim community, you would expect that, uh, that there would be a belief that here, uh, God would command, um, you know, uh, his, the believers, uh, to do something that would harm them. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, for, with respect to the circumcision, obviously, with uh, I, I would hardly think that uh, the Jewish community would continue to do it if they felt that there was some uh, that God was commanding them to do harm to themselves, and likewise in the uh, Muslim community, the same uh, 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 point of view. Obviously, that uh, uh, we wouldn't believe that God would command us uh, for harm.
1: But, but Abdul, I agree. Listen, Muslim parents and Jewish parents love their children, you know, like all parents, uh, deep, deeply. Uh, But, but is it the role of the state, the modern secular state, to, to, if it believes that the rights of an infant are being violated through a religious practice, is it the obligation of the state to step in and say that's not permitted? Uh, and then how does that, if so, how does that jive with the right of a religious community to practice its, to practice its, um, its religion and its traditions. This is the difficult thing about this particular procedure, is that it pits these two wonderful ideals against each other, uh, possibly. So, you know, great to have you. Thanks for the call. Appreciate your insights. Okay, uh 526 kpft Got a couple lines open. Mitch, Gordon, Mike, and George are coming up. Let's take Gordon on line two. Gordon, welcome to the New Capital Show. Hi, Leo. How
0: are you? Good. I'm. I'm good. Uh, I'm. I was surprised at how I kind of uh, <laughs> got really annoyed when I heard, heard this subject. It, it just seems to me that religions, some or actually most religions, are are really overstepping with their control. I mean. it, it I just don't see, there is no real good argument for why it has to happen. I mean, there's millions of of uh, critters in your gut, you know, and most of them are beneficial, and you'd never consider, you know, removing your gut right after you're, you know, you're born. Yeah. It, it almost seems like a, you know, a lack of faith that they have to go and modify, you know, your body after you after you're born or
1: something yeah i've seen it's that com- really i've seen that com- it's just you know i've uh, seen that comment know. too where it says somebody says you know if 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 you if you want to go with god go with what god created and don't and don't mess with it
0: right uh, i don't know <laughs> that's just <laughs> that's my opinion i know that most bacteria are beneficial
1: not not yeah. bad so got it you know. Thanks Thanks for the call, Gordon. Great to have you. Yep. Bye. 713-526-5738, New Capital Show. We're talking about circumcision today, which has been in the news after this uh, ruling in Germany, in Cologne, Germany, against circumcising boys. And, uh, and basically takes the position that the rights of the child come first. Uh, let's flip it to Doyle real quick for another update on traffic, as everybody gets through this rainy period in Houston. Okay, Doyle, take it away.
2: Hey, Leo. Okay, well, it's 75 degrees outside and it's been raining all day and it's going to continue raining throughout Monday. Monday's going to have a, even a 40% chance of precipitation uh and it's going to get up to 91 degrees on Monday, so it's going to steadily increase in temperature as well. Uh going to traffic There are a few things to to report. 610 North Loop westbound at West T.C. Jester Boulevard. There's some construction. And if you're on the northwest loop headed southbound from 290 to I-10, expect delays of 20 miles an hour. There's also high water on I-10 east westbound at Lockwood Drive. And uh, heavy and some high water on 45 North Northbound at Airline Drive. There's also a heavy truck accident at North Sam Houston Tollway Westbound at North Sam Plaza. Uh, not a lot of traffic to report other than that loop construction area, though. Back to you, Leo.
1: Thanks, Doyle. Great, uh, great update. And everybody, be careful out there, and please drive carefully. Boy, that was that's some inter- that's some ominous music for some ominous weather, huh? That's right. Okay.
2: That's uh, NOI. NOI. N-E-U.
1: Let's take Mike uh, Is holding on line four. Mike, welcome to New Capital Show.
8: Hi, thank you. Uh, yes, I have some information which may have bearing on the uh, health effects of circumcisions, uh, specifically the uh, possibility of becoming infected with uh, transmitted sexual disease. Uh, I just got back from uh, two years in South Africa in a small village uh, dealing with the HIV-AIDS problem there. Yeah, and uh, uh, what has come out in the last several years? There have been two large studies in other countries in Africa that they find that men who have been uh, circumcised in a high prevalence HIV area have up to a sixty percent less of a chance of becoming infected with uh, with HIV. So that's that's quite a, 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 a quite a strong effect, but it. it, it it occurs if there's already a lot of uh hiv in the community if you have a smaller prevalence the effect will be will will be smaller too but uh, uh that's basically what they told us in the, uh in the, in a workshop there
1: yeah i've seen i've seen that and um it makes me wonder a little bit uh it seems to me that the best way to prevent hiv infection is to use a condom not to circumcise every single young boy it doesn't seem to me that that's the right rationale to circumcise young children maybe maybe it is a good one, maybe i 'm missing something, but it seems well, to me well. that, that, that that educating people to engage in safe sex is the best way to prevent the spread of hiv but But I take your point and uh, and I think I have seen studies like that before yeah so so yet another yet another um, reason to recommend it.
8: Well, yes, and i'm I'm kind of thinking that this is may have been why uh, uh circumcision started in the first place was to uh protect from disease, but uh now in in America in this day and age, maybe that's no longer uh a, a reason for circumcision. so yep,
1: thanks. great to have you, Mike. Thank you. okay, Let's take Beb on line three. Beb, welcome to the New capital Show.
9: Thanks, Leo. Love your show. Don't get to hear it as often as I'd like, but always <laughs> engaged you. when I do.
1: <laughs> what do so, you think?
9: So here's my thought. First of all, the fact that it's religious is actually irrelevant. I mean, it's important because it affects so many people, uh, and it affects the passion with which they view the procedure. But let's leave religion out for a second. Let's go to the core question of when does the state have a right to intervene as it relates to a parent making a decision about his or her child, right? Yep. Yep. And it strikes me that the court needs to have overwhelming, compelling evidence of some harm before it it inserts itself in that relationship. And in this case, there is no evidence of that. There is, for example, as the last caller pointed out, actually very compelling evidence that it actually helps prevent the spread of AIDS. You make a good point that it certainly would be easier to use a condom but as a practical matter we know most people still don't use condoms even though they should. But but leaving aside the AIDS argument, my question would be wait a minute, show me government what is the overwhelming inf- evidence of real harm. So if you say for example, well, there's there's some sect within the orthodox community, by the way, it's, it's not all orthodox, it's an extremely small percentage of orthodox Jews who engage in what you aptly described as a rather gruesome procedure. <laughs> so, so there have been some incidents of that, but it's de minimis. We're talking about really materially not a material number. But if you're, if but I, if you're the uh,
1: parents of that child, uh, you know.
9: But, but my my only or point that is if you're that, that re- child, the relation the relationship between parent and child is so sacred that I would want more than just an, an anecdotal and statistically irrelevant number. Why, for example, then should Should Latin American and Hispanic parents have the right to pierce the the ears of their little girls, right? I come from a family where there's Peruvian grandparents, and and they wanted us to pierce our our oldest daughter's ears when she was, I think she was less than one years old, right? Mm -hmm. Well, we know that infection happens with ear piercings. So should the government come in and say to all folks from Latin America, you know what? That causes pain. Also, the kids scream. We think that screaming might be traumatic, and it might have these subconscious effects, which is the argument they make about circumcision. I mean, my youngest son has had procedures that are a whole lot more gruesome than his circumcision. Which, frankly, because he was had local anesthetic, he it, it frankly didn't even impact him in any obvious way. So, for me, I would say mm-hmm. that there needs to be compelling, overwhelming evidence of the harm that's achieved before the government would insert itself in such a personal... It's, it's
1: a very, very interesting argument, uh, and and to me, a uh, very cogent argument. Let me ask you this. Wh- what if uh, there is some group in, uh, that decides that cutting off the uh, earlobe, because it's it's vestigial, doesn't really do anything, and we're going to cut off both earlobes of, of infants, um, and there's no scientific evidence that says it impairs the child... In in any way, they can still hear, they can do all these things, but they're going to cut off the earlobe at at eight days old. Would that would that pass muster?
9: Well, I think it's a great great question. And by the way, I will concede that although I happen to be an, uh, a relatively observant Jew, I'm certainly not Orthodox. Uh, but I take my faith seriously. But I, but I I think you have to uh, to make the analogy that you just did. That is to say, there is something just fundamentally tribal about this act. There is. And mm-hmm. I understand that Muslims also follow it, uh, and I'll, and plenty of Christians
1: follow it. A- 80, I think 80% of American men are circumcised, uh, yeah. and, and that, that began in, I think, the turn of the century from the uh, 1800s to the 1900s.
9: Yeah, I mean, there may be some ancillary health benefits, right? But at some level, it is no different than African tribes doing a marking, right? It is a marking right. of sort. Right. And so I think your earlo point is, is fair, that's probably where religion comes into play. That is to say, in our country, we do have such—you uh, know—we have—we we, we obviously take our religion seriously, and the government does respect. But, but, but it.
1: should the state step in on earlobes?
9: Yeah, no, I, I think that you make a good point, and there's not—you know—I think at that point, what you have to do, if you're the parent, if you're trying to defend the practice, is you probably have to contextualize it and make some. Uh, some cogent, persuasive argument about about the validity of that practice and the meaning of, the meaning the meaning of that practice. Right. Mm-hmm. In other words, uh, if I just wanted to uh, uh, cut off the earlobe just because I think it's a better look, I think my child my child would look much better <laughs> if he or she didn't have earlobes. Yeah. Uh, by the way, you know what? Let me just say this. I, I hadn't even thought about it, but it's an interesting argument. Also, what, what about other kind of cosmetic surgery generally? Yeah. What, what there's a whole lot of cosmetic surgery that, that parents actually in, impose on their children, uh, yep. in, including things like braces. I mean, you know, now, you know, again, it's a slippery slope, right? It's like, oh, my God, is having braces really that traumatic? Yeah. Well, probably somebody sued over at once, knowing our country.
1: Beb, great to have you. Thank you so much for the call and Thanks. for the insights.
9: Thanks for the show.
1: Okay. hi. We've got a few minutes left in New Capital Show, about eight minutes. Uh, Mitch. Zaid and George are holding. Let's go to George on Line 5. George, welcome to New Capital Show. Hi, Leo. Hey, George, how are you? I know you're going to have ideas here. <laughs>
10: yeah. Um, let me say that it began, in, in this country, the ju- the justification for circumcision began about the mid-19th century, and it was to prevent uh, ch- male children from masturbating.
1: Oh, wow. It's, <laughs> yeah,
10: it, it's had equally absurd justifications since then.
1: <laughs> To prevent uh, male children from masturbating. Yeah,
10: that's, that was the stated reason by, by the, the, the Medical Association. And how did it uh, do that?
1: Because uh, it didn't stop me. <laughs> 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 no, um, I'm serious. How did clearly, it? <laughs> a clear failure of policy, no question about it. Um,
10: uh, in, in terms of, uh, I, I thought you're, you're bringing up the question about the earlobes was quite right. Because you're, you, the person listening could get that that was, in fact, a mutilation. Yeah. But the, the overwhelming pressure of the culture saying that somehow this doesn't do any harm, I mean, just think about it for a moment. You're going to cut off the end of the penis, the most sensitive part of the penis. That's been st- studied extensively, and it's clearly the case. <laughs> Mm-hmm. that the nerve endings in the piece that's cut off are, are more sensitive than what's left. Mm-hmm. You're going to do that, and that's somehow less an invasion of the child than cutting off the earlobes or perhaps a, a finger mm-hmm. or at the end of a finger. I mean, this is, you know, it, it's just insanity to <laughs> think of that as as an as a, a unserious event in the child's life. Yeah. And um, at, at the risk of losing all my credibility. And you
1: you miss your foreskin, it sounds like. <laughs>
10: Um, well, you know, I, 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 I never thought about it, and I had my son circumcised without thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't until I actually re-experienced what had happened to me when I was circumcised that I really got the full import of what it had done to me. Huh. Uh, it isn't easy to get to that point, but you can. Um, I, when I was. And this isn't, this isn't when, when it happened, but let, let me say that I, I know what happened to me. I know it engendered a tremendous fear. Years later when I was watching a movie it was uh, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein and Lon Chaney is turning into the wolfman he's growing a beard his full face on the screen and he's becoming more and more bearded. I was so terrified at the t- at the age of 11 that I wanted to hide under the chair. Mm. And and it wasn't because of the hor- horribleness of that it was because this reminded me of that experience the moyle had a full bushy black beard. Mm. Uh and the terror was so large, I mean, I just, I, I couldn't move. Yeah. Um, I would have hit under the chair, except I didn't want my friends to see me doing it.
1: George, it's uh, great to have you. I want to I want to make sure I get Mitch and Zaid in with just a couple minutes there, left. One, one, Real quick, one yeah. One
10: further point. It, it, it is absurd to think that you can do this to a child. You have no right to do it to a child. It is sexual mutilation of the child.
1: Yep. And I know that... I know that that is really a a, uh, a viewpoint that is becoming more pronounced. I'm seeing it, and it's really why I've decided to do the show today on it because I really am seeing it in lots of places. People are forming opinions, and I appreciate yours as well. Thanks, George. I'm glad you did the show. Great to have you. Let's take Mitch next and then Zaid, and then that's going to do it for today's show. Mitch, welcome to New Capital.
5: Hey, Leo. How are you? I'm
1: doing good. What's on your mind?
5: Well, a couple of things. I, I want to say that I agree with one of your uh, previous uh, callers, and I'll just put a finer point on it. This is really an issue, more or less, a separation between church and state. Mm-hmm. And something that comes up uh, constantly, uh, abortion, for instance, uh, gay marriage, uh, these are things that, that people should be relieved of, the religious part of it, and, and be allowed to make their decisions uh, without that interfering.
1: So you, you, um, you agree, Mitch, with Bev, not with George?
5: That's correct.
1: Okay, yeah, I got it.
5: So, so uh, the first, I wanted to just ask you. So, when a rabbi does this procedure, are these people that are medical doctors? The
1: the, the rabbis, no. Uh, it, uh, it, first of all, it doesn't have to be a rabbi. The Moyle who circumcised my son is uh, is. Oh, actually, he is a doctor. Yes, he was a doctor, but I don't think you have to don't be. Don't think you have to be, have to be a doctor.
5: About that, would we allow anybody to perform any sort of a medical procedure like this? on us if it wasn't a medical doctor if it wasn't something that involved a jewish faith
1: yeah i i yeah I, you've
5: got a hand you've got a wonder i mean you know that's a that's a huge constituency in our country they're very powerful mm-hmm. this has been going on a long time obviously it's a very traditional thing in that religion and i'm sure that that, that those points were taken home early on
1: yeah mitch uh, thanks thanks for the call i want to get zaid in he's been waiting, pa- waiting patiently thanks, thanks for the call right. okay Zaid welcome to new capital show you've got about a minute
11: yes, I just wanted to say that uh I was circumcised at twenty four uh I became a muslim at the, uh at sixteen and decided to get circumcised at twenty four okay and, and
1: was it a good decision by you
11: as far as I'm concerned it was a great decision
1: uh-huh tell us why
11: because uh being uncircumcised you have to Basically keep yourself clean uh-huh. every day yeah and um there's a build a build up of uh of secretion mm-hmm. and uh, it's irritating
0: mm-hmm.
1: so it's um, so it's improved your life and and you would advocate it well real quick uh uh should should everyone be like you be allowed to make that decision at the age of twenty four rather than eight days or do you well, think every, I, I, yeah
11: I think it was, uh, I would have rather had it done when I was a child, like my brother. Yeah. um, Because at 24, it's a lot more painful. And um, uh, the other thing is, without circumcision, there's a a premature ejaculation.
1: Okay. Zaid, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. I got to run along here and wrap up the show. Thank you to all the callers today who really helped really helped us understand this issue better. I appreciate it. Thank you for humoring me and let me doing a top let me do a topic on uh, something other than economics. I'll be back uh, next week talking about economics, but I really did want to talk about this issue and I know people have strong opinions about it. It's been another edition of the New Capital Show, show. thanks to Doyle, as always for his wonderful engineering work and his traffic and weather updates. Newcapitalshow.com and I'm on Facebook. Please please friend me at leogold.newcapitalshow. Coming up next is KPFT's local news. Stay tuned right here. After that, Al Jazeera and then Democracy Now! Take care. Thanks to the ceaseless work KPFT's engineers, we've been able to restore a much stronger signal for our regular broadcast channel at 90.1 FM and for our HD channels as well. However, we still need to lightning-proof our transmission chain by replacing our antenna, transmitter, and other equipment. Our Lightning Capital campaign is ongoing, and the $45,000
0: plus that so many have donated has given KPFT a decided head start towards the
1: first phase of lightning-proofing, which will include replacing our current antenna.
0: Please consider making a special donation to the KPFT Lightning Campaign to help us get over this challenge to our budget and keep free speech radio alive in Houston. Visit kpft.org to make a donation today. Again, as